Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. Me legal counsel. Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. My legal counsel. Hits of the weekend scandals on Monday. A story from Jack about a urinal. My legal counsel. Welcome back to Legal Counsel, coming at you live again on a Monday, 3rd of May, beautiful autumn evening in Sydney, Portier, the lead capital of the world. What a round of football we've just had. I feel like we're getting into the real crux of the season now. Teams are working out who they are. You pretty much could turn up any single time, put your bum down on a seat of the couch, tune into a game, and it's fucking entertaining stuff. The season is kicked into gear. And as always, to talk about rugby league and other things, one test Thunder Reno, two times controversially act Hong Kong board member Jack, how's it going? Yeah, very good, Ree Harry. Uh, also, um, only only one of two uh, people from Christchurch Boys High School to play International League 2, I worked out the other day. So you and Brent Stewart? No, no, Logan Edwards. Brent Stewart went to Boys High? Won't. Pretty sure. Nah, I think you're thinking about Logan Edwards. He had his photo up in the, um, in the old building. I remember that, mate. We loved it. Yeah, I used to... But Brent Stewart did too. Okay, I'll have to ask our listeners if you've got evidence of uh, well, Hang on, Brent you Stewart. can't just spout your mouth off. Open the show with a call like that. Have you done any research? Uh, no, because I don't need to. I know the only international league player that's went to boys higher than me was Logan Edwards. I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure that there's going to be listeners call in, fax us, text us, page us, and I think we'll probably get to about 10. And apparently, uh, like, it wasn't last long. Like, got suspended or something. It lasted, like, six months or something. I do remember his photo on the wall. He was the only league player at the time that was on the wall. But I don't think that means he was the only international. We digress. I mean, he's a West Coaster. And I'm just looking at his... Uh, West Coast and Canterbury representative. Spent two years in the Northern Territory. It's not like... Uh, a normal Christchurch boys high sort of pathway, is it? No, but it's just, it was just such a rah rah school back then, which it which it still is. It's a factory. It's called the factory for a reason. Churning out high quality contact sport players. Let's talk about the great game, the people's game, the the beautiful game, as many call it. Opera, the opera of the proletariat. The opera of the proletariat. You can just sit down. In any game now, I think we've ironed out some of the new rules. We've ironed out the dust. We've fucked off COVID. Cough's gone. And just every game is just highly watchable. Now, I think three weeks ago, there was just, I think it was a Friday night game, unfortunately, Manly Warriors, where it was just dire. It was fucking rubbish. It was a bad pub game. Dark night, Friday night. And it was just two horrendous performances. And, and, you know, one team squeaked out a field goal. And I was thinking, Jesus, it's a really low standard. But now every game seems to have drama, excitement, big plays. And it's just fucking great to watch. What did you take out of this week? What are the things that really jumped out at you? Because I think there's a shit ton to talk about. Oh, a lot. I mean, straight. I'm putting you on the spot here a bit, Harry. What jumped out at me is that... I guess the doomsayers of our game about the rules are shit. I mean, there was a few more injuries, but stuff like, oh, the top eight is just the top eight from last year. Well, no, I mean, top five are the top five, and they're better at rugby league than the rest of the other teams, which we can accept. But after that, other than probably the Bulldogs, everyone other team has actually got a sniff at it. So, so let's do I, what we do every week. We've ruled out the Bulldogs. We ruled out the Bulldogs two weeks ago. We've ruled out the Broncos. You crossed them out, but you kept the Tigers alive. 
and maybe it was for this reason because they came out and they did it for Madge. A lot of people calling him Midge out there, but um, that's a bit disrespectful. I think that you, we are still, we're still, the black line's still through the Tigers. You don't want to get the old eraser and get rid of that. You, you, you're happy to rule them out of the, sorry, the Broncos, I mean, after their win. They're still going up. Well, what I was concerned about is you, who's one of Madge's biggest fans, was questioning him last week. I, I don't know if I question him on the show, but... No, you took me in person. Yeah, you were having a few beers walking down Chapel Street. You turned to me and goes, Jack, like, he looked right in my eyes and goes, I'm not sure about Mock McGuire. <laughs> oh, I could get crucified for this, but I did in a quiet moment of reflection on Chapel Street after probably half a dozen red wines and a couple of uh, pints. I said to you that maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe Madge is, maybe Madge is done with the smoke, this fire. Because I think his his previous record of his last year and a half at the Bunnies and his first two and a bit years at the Tigers, his his coaching record's hovering around thirty percent. And if you subscribe to the theory that, you know, that bunny side was just so stacked on the back of, you know, freak of nature, not just Sam Burgess, but peak Burgess brothers, um, John Sutton playing great career post career form late career form you obviously had Greg Inglis the freak of nature that he is Alex Johnson playing career best form in his second season you had even guys like Dylan Walker and Kirisomi Avaa people playing at the peaks of their careers all in the nutshell of the 2014 season 13 14 season maybe Madge just rode a wave and he hasn't been able to recapture anywhere near that since now the other side of the argument is that he's dealing with the worst roster in football. Um, it's close to it's close to that bad with the Bulldogs. It's, it's it's a tie, isn't it? It's a hot dog eating competition out of those two. But I I've questioned Madge in in the darkest hours of the last week. So oh, prove me but wrong. And he, and he gets the boys to put on that sort of point, which was just a bit of heart, right? Didn't see one minute of that game. I was driving back from Gosford, so talk me through it. What I heard it was from a, from a staunch Dragons fan, big fan of the show, M Darling, said it was just a horrible game, that the Tigers didn't really win it, and neither team could really grab it by the scuff of the neck, but baddest yeah, man they, of football. They won it just by wanting it more sort of thing, you know? And Yeah, look, they're not going to scare teams like the Warriors, I guess, but, and I mean, does it just, Long Midge's, uh the guillotine coming down on his neck. Well, I don't know. You've got to give him the season anyway. You have to give him the season. You're not going to get anything better out of it. Like, who who do you bring? Andrew Webster, who's the assistant coach? Well, he's already had a get go. Actually, fuck, hang on a minute. He's at Penrith now. Um, now, and Farrah, Farrah, Robbie Farah was um, the water boy. And maybe he just, you know, it did actually look like he was talking to them a bit more. Well, the same guy, the Dragons fan, M. Darling, that's talking about before, he said, we're talking outside the gym on a Saturday morning. We're going through the football, the round of football ahead of us, and he said, we're, we're going to lose. And I was like, why is that? He goes, the fucking Tigers have had a midweek bonding session. And I was like, you're right, you're fucked. Because you hate to play a team on the bounce back of, the, of, of something big. Like, if they're going for a midweek bonding session, what it means is, and layman's to you non-leagues out there is, They've gone for a fucking bender at someone's house, doors closed, windows, blinds drawn, and it's just a free-for-all. Everyone's airing their grievances. Um, things are going to get said. I would have thought that the baddest man in football potentially knocked out one, maybe two people, including one of the football staff, maybe a recruitment manager. And then Madge is getting fired up saying, that's what we want more of you from, BJ. A few people are crying. Robbie Farrah's in there slapping people in the face. It's just a fucking free-for-all. And then they bind together. How long that bonding session can get them, we will find out. But the, the Dragons were on the end of that, and now they're staring at their season thinking, what have we really got on the tank? Oh, what a, what a, I mean, the, the highlight of that game is just the venue far out. We, that, Wynn Stadium is a jewel in rugby league's ground. It really is. It was. You're not wrong. And Sunday at Wynn is is 
one of the great things about our game at the moment. Like Sunday <laughs> afternoon at win, whether it's the early Sunday game or the marquee game, I just feel like so, we're treated there every time. One of one of our uh, big fans actually. He drove all the way down from Colo River where he was camping, right, to meet up with some other stink members. And he said, oh, so he actually literally didn't have a shower camping, parked his car, ran over City Beach, had a dip. Like, he's pretty good, this bloke. He, he has the back of his uh, his life in the back of his car, which I think is brilliant, and just has a dip, has a wash, then gets changed, goes to Illawarra Steelers Leagues Club, goes to the game, and then... They take the stink for a curry at Manjits. I mean, is that not the greatest Sunday you can ever have? What did you call it before? The opera of the proletariat. Correct. That is, that is just a huge advertisement for that. Um, fantastic. Shout out to whoever did that. Um, bad loss. I'm going to get to... There's just so much to talk about, let's be honest. But I've had it on my, my to-do list for a while to get up to Graham Park in Gosford. Central Coast Stadium it's called now. Blue and Tongue Island. Blue Tongue, it's also been called in the past. And for some fucking reason, I haven't got up there. The Warriors have been there for a season and a half. Well, we know why. You don't go to live games enough. I don't go enough. That's been documented. But you got a kid. So. <sighs> got a couple of those things. The this game was marked on my calendar. Had a good mate go with me. We drove up, took our boys to their first Warriors game, and got tickets on the halfway line on a twenty-five degree day in Gosford. Beautiful, sun shining, hot on the halfway line. Probably twelve seats back, but it's not like twelve seats back at say the SFS. You're twelve seats back from being ten meters off the halfway mark. So we had a official crowd of three thousand seven hundred. <laughs> Are the fence is closer than 10 metres. The fence is about 10 to 15 metres back from the sideline. That's a long way. I That's think you've got not. your numbers. Hey, 10 to 15 metres. There's no way it's 10 to 15 metres. closer meters. than that. Yeah. Right. Okay. 8 to 10 metres, I'll give you. Um, there's just under 4,000 people there. You is that what the crowd was? But it was loud. It was a good crowd. Really? general good banter like a lot of just pure leaguies there just going for the love of the sport lots of Warriors fans and quite a few Cowboys fans had some good conversations with some Cowboys fans behind me um, but I could hear the hits you could hear the the, the charhooing of the players when they did something you Mate, me. when when Jermaine Tanoa Brown or Ken Mamalo was hitting it up into the into the line and uh, Jordan McLean or Brown Jesus hit the, you could hear it it's like being at a fucking like you know when they do yeah it was incredible and the surface as I've always suspected one of the great services and not just rugby league sport it's just it's just conducive to running rugby league it's kind of it's jubilee so, league it sounded like an absolute phenomenal act how do you compare that to the last live league game experience you went to at the SCG? I mean, could it be more chalk and cheese? No disrespect to um, the people that gave us tickets and the members, but we were up the up the top end of the members. You basically watched the screen for the whole game. You didn't get a feel for the game. You, It was just like being high up there in a game of cricket. You know, like when you sort of when there's a wicket and you're kind of alerted to by the sound of the crowd because you can't, you, sometimes you can't really see what's going on. It's like yeah, that yeah. at the SCG, isn't it? Like, you're not really a partaking in the event. PVL understands that the probably the most important part of the fan experience is actually the ground. And I mean, I'm blessed to have Tawara Nikau Lower Right League Memorial Stadium down. Like, you need those every game. Like, I don't, I, I said it. I said it on a thing I said on LC. I am not going to pay money to watch League at the SCG. Oh, I don't even pay money, but I won't even take a member's ticket to go watch League at the SCG. I'd rather watch at the pub. And quote me, uh, what else was going to say? SCG, oh, my brother-in-law offered me, like, he thinks I'm a big league man. He goes, oh, he's a member at MCC or whatever, Melbourne Curry Club. He goes, oh, uh, I've got tickets for you for state football in June, like, or something. I'm like, 
And I just said to him, mate, I'm not I'm not going. I'm not going on Wednesday night. Where is it? Cold in Melbourne the to MCG. sit in a cricket ground at the MCG like to watch Lee. Wouldn't nah. you just rather be at a great pub or just have some mates around? Have, cook up a barber? So, well, not. Well, it's Melbourne in June, mate. But yeah, in a, in a different time of the year, definitely. But I just, I just, I turned down. I'm not watching league at the SCG or MCG, and I don't. And people need to vote with their feet. It was an incredible experience being at Gosford, one of the last home games that the Warriors will have. And in terms of the football at halftime, I was just cock a hoop going, fuck, finally we can put a team away and get 40 points up on the old point differential. And then slowly but surely, the Cowboys just real methodically started working away. A couple of calls didn't go the way that the Warriors wanted them to. And all of a sudden, you're just getting that 20 minute fucking anxiety ridden blood curling heart attack potential of a Warriors last 20 minutes. And it just, took the whole enjoyment out of it. Look, it was great to get the win in the end, but fuck, they they just make us work so hard for our wins, don't they? And that's why we love them. I on a watch that for him uh, about 24 minutes, and I was like, let's put 60 on them. Yeah. As soon as I pressed it, as soon as I pressed it, I got into the cold sweat, you know? I was like... Because <laughs> every, every... And I think you've done as well. Every time over the last 10 years, we was... We've got a bit of like three tries in a row. Yeah, you know, like let's fucking put them in the sword that we fall apart. Yeah. Well coached. I was very disappointed in the first 20 minutes from Brown Jesus. He was fucking blowing. Now, I gave him a little, I got into him, got stuck into him. He was walking. So they hurt, they, he, he got the hook and he came back with about 25 minutes to go, clearly recharged. And then he almost changed the game. He was yeah. attracting like three players every time and it wasn't like completely dominating like he's like we're used to seeing brown jesus but i think he's kind of going to have to work himself back into fitness the other thing about watching live league really quickly is you can see the who makes a difference in defense like on tv you can see who's really dominating from an attack perspective but it's hard to pick out like a one-on-one defender and go geez he defended well time and time again so you're watching a guy like you know just a Garden variety first grader like Josh Curran. Fuck, you could hear his hits, and they were actually channeling the attack away from him because he was hurting people. A couple of guys were like going away from tackles with him and like holding their shoulders, but that's like off the traditional camera, right? You don't see that. And that's why Live League is great. You see those little, you know, one on one battles and who's sort of like trying to get the better of each other. So, um, well, Nathan Brown said at the press conference the other week after we'd met, um, uh, Dragons. Did we the Dragons? He said he has no, made the decision. I might have been, might have drank. He's made the decision decision to be a professional footballer. Mm. So he said, like, "What? Like, what decision do you make at his age? You must be 22, 23. Mm. Like, what? Just saying, I'm going to eat healthy. Like, I think you're decision? eating healthy. I think you're turning up to training and doing extras. I think you're working harder in the gym. I think you're contributing as a leader. You know, you're talking, you're comms more, you're more engaged." And it's not just a, hey, if this works out for me, this is great. I'll be a professional league player. It's a change of mindset saying, this is the Same most mate. important thing in my yeah. life right now. Like, yeah. Oh, he's saying, oh, is he 23? I'm just going to look it up. But yeah, he's sort of, because he, you can see how good he is, right? Um, he's only 21, shit. But I mean, that's old. But I mean, he's obviously, the last couple of years, he's obviously thought he may have just cruised, right? He was probably quite good at Patrician Brothers, Black, uh, Patrician Brothers. Blacktown, and was just that good. But now he's worked out, well, you know, I'm good. But in our level, I actually have to try. Um, a pretty big topic in league at the moment is expansion. We covered that. I don't want to cover expansion. I want to cover, um, which is, I call it the James Henville, um, it's not really a scenario. It's a theory of promotion relegation. So it creeped no. up today in the paper. And oh. I'm not sure if this is just bullshit or this is Verland. Because I think the benefit of Verland is what he probably does because he manipulates the media. And he's such an innovator and a dictator. He probably just seeds ideas out there in the Daily Telegraph and just sees what happens. Then NRL oh, 360 no, pick up no his ideas. Yeah, no doubt that happens. And NRL 360 pick them up. They go, well, did you see that 
thing in the Telegraph. Yes, of course you did, you stupid cunts, because you the guys have wrote about it. And then they talk about it around the table. Today was uh, a rugby league scientist, James Henville, pulled it together in um, a promotion relegation. And the top team is a 14-team comp on 10 million salary cap. Panthers, Storm, Eels, Roosters, no shit. Raiders, Rabbitohs, Knights, Sharks. Sharks, you'd probably question. Titans, they're just working out who's uh, 15 and 16. Yeah, Titans, Warriors, Sea Eagles, Dragons, and Broncos and Cowboys in the 14. Then, in the championship, West Tigers, a second Brisbane team, the Bulldogs, Wellington in New Zealand. This one here is a fucking joke. New South Wales country, fuck off. Perth, the Central Coast, North Sydney Bears, Newtown, and Mackay. So a 10-team comp. Where the fuck is this narrow-minded cunt thinks that there's no Fiji, that there's no Papua New Guinea, and that there's no potential island side? Like, where is the fucking, like, broader um, now rugby league understanding to, to put a New South Wales country, Mackay, and no disrespect, love them both, Newtown and Bears, over Fiji or a, even a Papua New Guinea. They, they are a must in a championship 10 team. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah, I, I'd agree if you were looking. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think if you're looking, why not make it? So 10 team, what the fuck? Like, how many rounds are going to be played against the 14th Premier? So why don't you make it 14 each? Well, I, just and then, I just don't think you got... I mean, if they... They're picking New South Wales country in there like that. They're going to struggle to name another four. We've just named two, but um, look. Make it work. At least it's closer. And then they have a bit more of a break around fucking state footy time or something. Look, I think if they're going to go to 18, they have to invest over a long period of time. And the extra two markets, it has to be very considered and it has to be looked at with the long haul in mind. Um, I don't know where this article's come from, but... Well, I think it's just an idea. Look, I mean, I like the landers. The listeners know that, and he's he's not he's got an idea. Seeing how it goes it doesn't mean it's going to happen. He will uh, he will see what the customer wants, and I don't know. He'll have the stats there. He'll have the stats who are the who are signed up to NRL.com and where they all live, etc. What regions they live in, and you know, it's, it, I like the way PBL does business. So, complete. I got texts the other day, and and he's and my my man on the inside, he said, "Still the best text of all time?" Question mark. And I said, "What?" And it just so happens that it's the anniversary, uh, the eighteenth year anniversary of the um, Mark Gaznier phone call um, during State of Origin. Wow. Off it. And it has, and then I said, "What do you mean?" Before I figured it out, and then he texts me this this is text. So I think this has actually come off a, a Ray. No, figure that out by themselves. Ray Hadley, woman's name. Where the fuck are you? The voice said. Next line. There's four toy humans in the cab. It's twenty to four. Our our cocks are fat and fucking ready to spurt sauce, and you're in bed. Fuck me. Fire up. You said can't. How did gas? How did Gaz escape that? Spurt sauce? <laughs> How the fuck did Gaz... Gaz is genuinely re- re- regarded as a clean skin. Gaz was... It's funny, Gaz actually isn't on Fox anymore, isn't isn't it? No, Minicello was in the cab too, wasn't he? Mini and... Who's the third? Joey? Was it Cooper? Nah, no, it wasn't Joey. Manny Cooper would be right. Yeah. But gee whiz, I mean... Different, different. Uh, it was a different world back then. You could probably get away with a bit more. And that was a voicemail, right? Like, they didn't Correct. have text or anything back. Imagine the stuff those guys would have got into if they had video calls and Imagine shit. the Snapchats. Oof. Um, so I just wanted to touch on that. That's the anniversary of that. There's the big half merry-go-round going at the moment. And Adam Reynolds, rumoured to shine with the Sharks. Now he's apparently getting lured by Brisbane. And then you've got Moses, who sort of seems like he's testing the water with eels, but he's going to go back to the eels. 
And then there's Johnson, Sean Johnson, who I guess he's getting his way back to fitness after a pretty horrific injury. He's had some really bad injuries in his career. Um, Achilles, ankles, ACLs, etc. If you're the Eels, and that's the halves out there, you know you've got Dylan Brown, you probably... How, much, how high do you go for Mitchell Moses? Knowing that... I mean, I guess it's probably going to be a belief that he can win you a comp. I don't think he can win you a comp, but he'll keep... He'll keep the coach in a job, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I guess that's the thing. Adam Reynolds, he can Ooh. win you a comp, but he's 30-31 at the end of his career. I think I think the... I you, think, time, you need to time it with your window. I think South Sydney are doing the right thing with Adam Reynolds. I don't think they can offer him. They'll know his body. And he's had yeah, a couple yeah. of decent years, but fuck me, man. How many times during that preliminary final run has he gone off with a hamstring injury? Like, he's he's soft tissue, you know, he's not Tom Turbo, but he's not far away. Um, he is an interesting one. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you're South Sydney, isn't there something more about the club than just, oh, I don't know, it's a business, but, you know, the loyalty and... Nah, one, no such thing as loyalty in sport. But what about Sutton? How did he stay there the whole way? He signed one-year deals for the last six years. Yeah, he's one-year deal, you're right. And he wasn't a pivotal player. Like, he's just a tough player in the middle of the field. And you don't have to, you know, he's not going to be winning or losing you a comp. He's no, going to be there. Around. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I actually think if I'm South, I'm holding out. And I'm, I'm only going to offer him a one-year deal. I, I do agree with that. And... Apparently they're looking to maybe show some faith in two youngsters, but I could almost see them go another year with Benji to get these. Um, I mean, the Benaissance, as I've um, as it's been come to known, um, trademark that. This is just absolutely outrageous what Benji's doing in a comfortable environment with Wayne around a good team, and this is just for me opening up. Like these playmakers, they just have to find the right home. Like, fuck being loyal to the club. Pimp yourself around. Like, Benji's effectively done. Gone Tigers, Rara, Dragons, Broncos, Tigers, Bunnies. And his last few stints have been fucking unbelievable. Like, after the Dragons, people were saying he's done. And he came and found himself a new role. Started off in reserve grade for the Broncos and then was actually pretty good. Came back to the Tigers. Three more years was good. Um, they had three more years of the Tigers. Pretty sure. Oh, gee whiz, I mean. But what he's doing for the Bunnies, the Renaissance is real. I think they won't be... He's got... It's a great fit. It's a great fit for him, isn't it? I, mean, I think I think Wayne gets him. He, he yeah, knows, I mean... He knows what he needs. He wouldn't have been playing if Latrell was... Uh, they were still uh, putting him off the bench. Yeah, you're right. He wasn't starting. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, so Latrell. That's, that's an option to go. He, can, he could go again. And yeah, so with Sean. So Sean being rejected by the Warriors, I'm happy with that as a fan. I think we made happy. our decision, you know, yep. two years ago. Three years, like, at the end of the day, we've got a plan. If we're bringing him back now, that would just sort of look weird, wouldn't it? Yep, and he basically, I don't think he covered himself in great glory leaving the club, and apparently it was senior players driven, so for me I like where our club's going, who we're signing, O'Sullivan Gus and fuck, I'm coming around on Nathan Brown which brings me to pre-season, he probably would have featuring quite high on the first coach fired No, I'm um, sorry, next coach fired, because Johnny Morris has been fired. And yep. he's completely fucked their season. So should the Sharks board be sacked, or some members of the Sharks board be sacked, because they facilitated that Morris when it didn't have to get done. They could have had him go for the rest of the season he wanted to. Totally. I mean, they have completely fucked a season that that Sharks side should make the eight. They just should. Yeah, so I totally agree. I think that I've never seen... I, st I tried to defend it the other day playing the devil's having. I couldn't defend the board's decision. It has no upside. No upside. Zero. Like them them coming sixth or seventh is surely 
a good result because then their their team gets finals football experience. Those youngsters for next year when they so have the new coach. I mean, so uh, I guess I did say that the only the only negative I could see is if Morris somehow got them to the premiership and then they had to fire him. But then fuck, he's won your premiership. Ivan Cleary signed for the Panthers midway through the season of 2011. The Warriors were languishing in about 14th spot there. They went on a run and made the grand final, and that would have been an awkward one. Dez made the grand final with Manly and won it on his last year, on his way out. Yeah. Now, next coach fired. I actually have gone through this in my head. Now, the first bit of me says there's two coaches that should be fired right, you know, Three, four losses down the line. You're going nowhere with them. Trent Barrett and Kevin Walters. Fuck them off. But they're not going to... They're not, I don't think that Trent will go. Kevy, if he lost like six or seven or eight in a row straight, got the Seabold factor. They had someone maybe like, you know, Bennett coming back. He would loom large over Kevy. I think there's... It's a two potential possibilities. Maybe three. Michael Maguire is in the box seat. There's just too much fucking noise around it, and it wouldn't be the right thing, but he's still a very strong chance getting fired. You can't, you're not going to fire Josh Hannay from the Sharks. I don't think you're going to fire Todd Payton from the Cowboys. I think he's doing a good job. Adam O'Brien, if they miss the eight, he made the eight last year, seems to be a favorite of the media. think he's probably safe. Oh, he's saying he's safe, but fuck, the Knights are struggling big time. Yeah, I think he's safe. Dez? Safe. Ricky? Not safe. No, he's 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 immortal in Canberra. Like, you cannot. Did you see Kirsten Tapine's Instagram post? (laughs) No, I didn't look at what Joseph Tapine's misses or mum, or whoever that is. She basically said on Instagram post, Ricky, what are you doing? You're not using your bench right. You've got an Kiwi International on the bench and you don't bring him on to the 65th minute. Like, you don't say, you don't get your missus posting that if everything's right in the Raiders camp. And I don't think, think things are right there. It took them three years to fire fucking David Ferner. They're not firing Ricky because he has one bad year. I think he's safe. Nathan Brown no, safe, Hook safe. Obviously, Bellamy, Trent, Wayne, BA, and Cleary. It's come down to one man who, after Madge, I think he's a sneaky outside chance of getting fired. Justin Holbrook. Yeah, because you don't think the Titans have moved. They have, though. They've made steps. They've made no strides at all versus last year. Zero. Uh, well, they did do a nice documentary for this for the season. They've, they've made strides but... in recruitment, and that's thanks to guys like Meninga and Tallis. Fucking Holbrook is... What's his creditation? What's his credentials? St. Helens. What do you do there? Uh, he won a Super League. Who the fuck can't win a Super League? Bluey McLennan was pissing those Super League titles every year. The guy can barely string a sentence together. He looks like a bit of a geek, like nerd based. Massive. So he was at the massive jury. No, he was at, out. What was his coaching career? Coached out the Dogs, Dragons, Eels. Before joining, ah, uh, he was right hand man to Trent Robinson. For years. Didn't Interesting. He, he, Trent Robinson just has fun with his assistance. Brings in people left, right. Maybe he brought uh, McNamara over for a bit. Um, That's, uh, who's that? Rara guy? Shake, sir. Chaker? 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 Um, anyway, that was an interesting one. Uh, do you know that the Broncos, this is the sad state of the Broncos, they've got one current State of, State of Origin rep. Xavier Coates. Yeah. And he's going to the storm. Is that fact? That's alleged. Strong alleged. Wow. I mean, you look at Reese Walsh, you know, look, he's got some weaknesses, but how on earth do the Broncos let him go? 
I just don't think that they physically had the salary cap to match the Warriors playing 350 a year. Now, in saying that, they paid, they, they offered David Fafita a mil a season, which he almost took. Imagine the state of salary cap despair they would be under if they had him. They are fucked. They are fucked. And I think Dave Donahue can come in and Donaghy, Donahue, whatever. Um, remember this, like, Donahue was Phil Donahue. You had, like, Oprah, which was obviously, like, your top of the pops, your big, you know, big name. Then you had that level down of, like, Sally, Jesse, Raphael, and Phil Donahue. And then, yeah, like, yeah. four rungs down. Uh, Raldo, Raldo. Raldo. And then Jerry Springer was just, like, and Ricky Late, sorry, was probably a touch above Jerry. And fuck me. When Jerry Springer first came on. Some like, African-American shows that we don't really get over here. Fuck. Different, eh? Yeah. Um, okay, so where were we? Oh. I didn't you used to watch it uh, in your old fan and crime scene, and then one morning you all got around the like kitchen and you're like, did you watch that show last night? Because you all had set-top boxes in your uh, in your bedrooms. Yeah, but it was like soft porn, and we all found it. There were five of us watching it at once. What was in, the show? Red Shoe Diaries. Red Diaries. But was it what? In like a factory? It was a real weird one too. Um, it was set in like an abattoir, and like this guy was chasing this girl around an abattoir. Fuck knows how that was a setting for a soft porn, but I do remember it being good at the time. Um Based. won't go into the ending um the sam walker like this the, the you just mentioned reese Walsh, who's 18 sam walker also got out of the brisbane who's 18 when have we had two 18 year olds come into the league like this and look like they are 10 to 12 year um superstar careers ahead of sam walker started off slowly no actually he was actually pretty good in that warriors game but he is starting to control it. Fuck me. Is it... Building a club around halfbacks, he's in the top five, isn't he? I mean, if you're talking Nathan Cleary, um, I mean, who are the other big halfbacks in our game that are young? Cleary's still considered pretty young. Sean O'Sullivan? <laughs> he's not that young. He's, he's not that... Chanel Harris-Devita's very young, up and coming. Promising. I mean, you're not going to say Jake Clifford, are you? No. He's a young half. You're not going to say George Williams much anymore. He's probably mature. DCE's older now. Ash Taylor's older now. Ben Hunt's older now. Um, Jerome Hughes is kind of getting quite mature. Like, I'm really only looking... I mean, Dylan. you're going Dylan Brown, Nathan Cleary, Sam Walker, and everyone else is pretty mature. Like... Fuck me. This Sam Walker is him and Nathan Cleary and Dylan Brown, I think, is potentially a level below where Sam Walker could get to. He's an in, he's incredible talent, isn't he? He's pretty bloody good. Well, coat, well, coat. Some of his left foot is kicking off the left foot. Like, that's a lost art. The um, passing, bro, bro, the, the bro, cutout bro. passes. Like eight years old. I mean, Jesus. How do you how do you have that skill, that confidence, just throw those like cutout passes? You know, they usually reserved for the just the brilliant playmakers, your Benjis, your your Munsters. Um, going back to like your Cronks, like that is just a sign of a half with just supreme confidence. He fucking comes in and does it in his first couple of games of first grade. They murdered a fucking bad Knights team at home. Something's not right with the Knights. You said it before, Adam O'Brien. I saw it again, mate. I saw Caelan Pongins walking around after the game and smiling. I honestly think his heart just isn't in it. He doesn't care. He doesn't care enough about winning and losing. He could be anything. And I just think that in Newcastle, he's a wasted talent. And he needs to get to a club that can embrace... Sorry, that can facilitate his growth and development, but he is wasting away in Newcastle the best years of his career. It's just I don't like, disappointing. I don't like him all. Um, yeah, it's a sad. Ponga is just his behaviour after games, smiling. But as you said, he doesn't care. He's just taking a paycheck. 
You know Sam Walker's actually eligible for England? Really? He's born in, born in Leeds because uh, 2002 because Ben Walker was over there playing for the Rhinos. So does Ben and Shane have more of a chance now to coach on the back of the success of Sam? Uh, definitely. I mean, Ivan Cleary's made it work for him, hasn't he? I think there's a genuine chance now. Tigers or the Gold Coast has an opening for the Walker Brothers or the new Brisbane team. I don't think, I think they'll go for an experienced head. That new Brisbane team's got Craig Bellamy or Wayne Bennett as coaching director written all over it, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, can't wait to see what they call them. That's really the big news on it, isn't it? Like to try and, and actually, there's no better time than when the Broncos are shit. Yeah. Name it now. Put some competition. Sell pre-memberships. Like, get them yeah. out there. If it's the season after next, for fuck's sake, get it done. This is poor. Um, yeah, fuck. A terrible, terrible... Two ACLs in the reason for the Roosters. Going back to the Roosters. I saw the BMOS one. It didn't look like a traditional ACL. Um, uh. It just... We're probably writing the obituary for him now. It's sad because he's been around for 14, 15th season, but he hasn't played 300 games yet, which is staggering. He must have had a hell of a lot of injuries, early doors for, for the Dragons. Um, yeah. And actually for the Dogs. Uh, he played four years for the Dogs and only played 68 games. So he had a fair bit there. I guess he misses games for so much representative football. His peak, his peak was at the dogs, like 2012, 13. It was 2010. He was no, no, no. You're thinking of Jay Moss. Yeah, Moss was late to the dogs. So Jay Moss was there from about 2012, 2008. Did he miss the grand final win for the Dragons? He did, Jay Moss. Yes, he did. Brent Morris was there. So that's 2010. So I think he went to 2010 to the Dogs. Now, BMOS was a fucking, is and always has been a try scoring machine. He scored 114 in 170 games for the Dragons, 06 to 14. 34 and 68 for the Dogs. And for the Roosters, incredible strike rate at his age as 33 and a 34 year old. 33 tries in 39 games and a total of 181 tries in 277 games. 18 tests for Australia. 15 origins for New South Wales. He's the best out-and-out pure winger of the last 20 years. I'm going to throw that out there because we've probably only got late season, late career Sailor and Takiri. I think his sustained period at the top, you could throw a Jared Hayne up there, but he played enough fullback. Um, that's your boy? No, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a tear down from BMOS. Even as Daniel Tupo? We'll get to Daniel Tupo because he's not in Morris's class, but I just want to pull one out to Morris. He has... Fuck, he's, I've enjoyed watching him. He's just an out-and-out 10 out of 10 finisher. You cannot ask for more. And they had a lot of hype around him, obviously, with the with the famous father. Um, they just keep on going. Fuck, he's a good player. It's just sad to see him um, miss out on a on a comp because he didn't... Sorry, he did win one in 2000. Yeah, Brett did. Yeah. Um, Jay Moss didn't win one, did he? No. But he could still win one. Jay Moss could run this year. I don't think so. You mentioned Daniel Tupo, right? And we've talked about him a little bit on the show in the past. Being came onto the scene the same year as Roger in 2012. And played a little bit of late season in 2013 as part of the Roosters championship winning team. And then 14, he was sort of, he was all right. A little bit of origin for him. And Australia football. And then he went into sort of like a two and a half year just lull where maybe he, he was the whole got too much yeah. too soon. But he was embarrassing. He got dropped from the Roosters. Not embarrassing. 
he was poor for a couple of years. But the, yes. I think but, I mean, the Tongan World Cup for me changed him. He seemed to just revel in that. And he's came back after that. And he's been one of the, if not after BMOS, the premier winger in the competition. His consistency is phenomenal. He's a huge target. Like he doesn't fuck up score strides in the weekend. And this just is not a Daniel Tupo stat line. 26 runs, 258 metres, and 158 post metres. Doesn't get the... the and I, Boss keeps calling him the giraffe. Is that, you know, you're not allowed to call people gorillas. Why are you allowed to call him a giraffe? Isn't that having a go at his height? Oh, I don't know. I don't think he cares. But, I mean, again, his his uh, potency in the air cannot be underrated. It's just such a big part of our and, game. In big games, it, I reckon potency in the air is probably more important in the biggest games, you know. It's a it's a attacking tool that sort of you can just if, – if nothing's going your way with the old – their defense is just phenomenal – putting it up and getting the right weight on a kick and you can tap it back, anything can happen, you know? Tupo, 187 games for the Roosters, 108 tries. One test for Australia, seven state games for New South Wales, 14 tests for Tonga. Um, just wanted to give him a shout-out, underrated player. Someone who's slowly turning the season around from being laughing off the, off the page, off the field. Jason Saab was. Did you see that try that he scored down the right hand side against the Panthers on the weekend? Yes. From that ball from Morgan Harper, he's the he's a out and out track athlete. What he he's did in open player. field was just glorious to watch. Fuck, he can move. kilometers per hour. He's fast. Apparently, Corey Oates got tracked faster though. Yeah. Fact. But you know. I'd rather be racing uh, oats down the course, so, or coats or oats. So, uh, oats. Oats faster. Corey Oats. Yep. Yeah, he's got longer stride, though, doesn't he? And it all depends. Like, is it a sprint over a long distance? Yeah. You gotta, like Cody. Cody's fucking fast over 10 metres. What about, though, his heritage, Jason Saabs? Nigerian. Nigerian. Lebanese and indigenous. Wow. That's a great, it's a lovely mix. Beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and there was some uh, Sierra Leonean or something playing for Tigers. Yeah. Unlucky he didn't keep going. There's a couple of Nigerians floating around, Jordan Ockenbore as well. What? Yep. Um, we are multicultural. Like, we don't at the pub and that bloody VFL's on. The screens. I have a look over. Gee, it's a lot of white people. Yeah, it's. it's I love seeing the Africans. There's a lot of people. I, I like to yeah, see a so. few more um, Central Africans, Northern Africans, Sudan influence that come, comes into um, AFL quite a bit now, and other sports, basketball. I'd like to see some Sudanese come to rugby league. There's there's definitely strong pockets of population out there. Um, You've got a real gripe that you want to talk around the refs double knock-on signal. So, is this just me, or when there's a really tight game, mm-hmm. and not not just the Warriors, and there's a double knock-on, you know, and you don't quite know if it's going for your team or not, or the team you're following. Mm-hmm. And to me, if you're a good ref, you should always do the first direction of the you know how they signal it they sort of go knock on that way knock on mm-hmm. the other way mm-hmm. sometimes they and I'm not, actually most of the time they get it around the wrong way and do the hurt the team that knocked on second first and oh. you get real nervous and you're like fuck and did, did oh. he know did he see it correctly it happened at Central Coast Stadium and I was just like what the fuck and then I go fuck Jacket actually mentioned this to me he wants to talk about it it should be the right. knock on should be in chronological order and the and the other one exactly, and the other one that's starting to annoy me now is when your team gets a penalty uh, or something from a loss, and the other team challenges it. Your heart just sinks. Oh, fuck! Because it's just, it's that joy of yes, you get the ball back, and then oh, they wouldn't have challenged it if they if it wasn't wrong, you know. And, and the this, other one is and this Gutho did it. 
let's get quoted. And then the other one is Mick Daly. He says, and I don't quite, agree, I don't agree with this at all, but he reckons that get rid of uh, checking the try after award because he doesn't want to feel deflated. Like, fuck off. Like, just get, I, I'm happy about it. I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm happy about it. Give it and then re- replay it while, yeah, you have that real fun. Mm. Like, they, they can't take that joy away from you. Can they? Like, you, yeah, at that moment, you're enjoying it. Exactly, exactly. You've still got a period of, you've got a natural high. Um, exactly. So take it and then, yeah, then you, are you more deflated? Nah, you just get deflated back down because, you know, you can still, unless it's the World Cup final last minute, that would be gutting, wouldn't it? Shit. So the Panthers have lost no games this year. Last year, they lost one and drew one. In the regular season? How many did they lose at the end? Because uh, I remember that game against the Knights when we came back. It was a good game from the uh, cough stop. The they Knights won. pushed them. That was a good game. They won 18, drew one, and lost one last year. Won eight, drew one, lost one. They lost they a pair, I remember. 20. They only played 20 last year. Yeah. Everyone so, only played 20. In the last base. 28 games, the Panthers are 26, 1 and 1. That's phenomenal. That is unbelievable. But what's amazing, that draw around three last year was against the Knights. But they couldn't draw with the Panthers anymore. Nah. The Knights are a worry. They're just such a capped football team. But it's just so interesting how how the game can change so quickly, you know? Mm. I mean, let's be honest. Well, of course it does, because Volandis changes the fucking rules every five minutes. Okay, that's right. But I mean, Panthers are improving out of sight, right? They just know where everyone's going to be. They've got all their moves down pat. As uh, Stu Pierce says, it, as a league purist, you try and watch them, even if it's going to be a 60 nil drumming, just because it looks amazing. You, you can't, there, is, there is so many instances now of teams that you just want to watch. Like, you want to watch the Storm, you want to watch the Panthers. You even want to watch the Eels. Um, Roosters. Roosters Roosters aren't probably as much as they have been previous years, but you want to watch Manly now with... um, I want to watch the Roosters now. Their back row is phenomenal. Crichton, Radley and Tupania, they're good to watch in in, in full full motion. Yeah, they are. Um, Okay. Pub game. Just going to fucking rock your socks this this Thursday. Listen to the salivating on this. This isn't a pub game. Sorry, not the pub game. Thursday night football, which is just delivering week in and week out for us. The Bunnies get another one. Well, imagine being a rah-rah or a soccer fan or something. You don't get Thursday night football. Like, Thursday just... night is just so good because it feels like the weekend starts early. Oh, that game's great. And then you're just basking the next day because you're like, just had league last night. Rabbitohs at home to the Storm. Now, clearly no trowel, but is Adam Reynolds out for three weeks as well? Is that why they're at $3.10 and the Storm are at $1.37? Quote, who's this young youngster they're going to play at seven? Uh, ben Marshall. Uh, at six. Cody Walker. And then fullback goes AJ. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then they bring Jackson Paulo. Is Campbell Graham out, or was that banter? Campbell Graham had a bro- had an arm that was in a sling in a photo I saw. So, but I think it was a laugh. Ah. Panthers at home to the Sharks, dollar ten, Blue Bet Stadium. It'll be full house too, won't it? They're turning up droves at Panthers Park if they were playing bloody the uh, Mount Hagen thirteen pub game. Fucking hell. That's a great, you know, you want to watch every Panthers game, but a Friday pub game? Yeah. Home? Then, you, you want to be there. And, fuck. Let me this. Yeah. This here. Now, I actually like the Eels here. Bankwest. Hosting Roosters. 
fuck. That is three games that you're like, bang, bang, bang. Whew. Well, Panthers, I mean, you're just watching one team, aren't you? Yeah, but you want to. It's like a training run. Yeah. Sharks, Sharks will be that team that surprises the Panthers. You know, $7 isn't stupid. Raiders at home Saturday afternoon. Ricky will be outside on the sideline. Plastic chair, big Raiders jacket, chewing gum, white, wrinkled, receding forehand, angry fucking face. And if he loses this game, excuse me, it's in Wagga, McDonald's Park. Okay. That's a season definer for the Raiders and the Knights. Then, then, can the Tigers do it again? Hosting the biggest disappointment of the year, Titans. That's a great, that's a Campbelltown, isn't it? That's a Campbelltown game, 100%. And remember, you've got to put the other view on these games. These are all leading into Magic Weekend. So you want, want a few games to keep. For me, as a sort of uh, neutral observer being selfish, I just want, like, everyone to go to Magic Weekend with hope. Yeah, nice. So Cowboys-Broncos, Townsville, cracking Saturday night game. That's, that's actually at a great stadium, too. Like, wow. we're not taking it Eerie farmers, it's going to be a spectacle worth it. And look, that's going to be a humdinger, the 4X Derby. Mother's Day, Sunday, 2 p.m. Tom Turbo and the Eagles host the Warriors, the people's team. Cracking game again. Let's just hope it's better than the last time they took both played. And then it to round be. it out, you know, back in the 90s and early 2000s, you'd say this is the match of the round, but it's probably the worst game that you could imagine. Dragons hosting the Dogs. On Mother's Day. <sighs> what a round of footy. Now, Mother's Day. Do you think that... Should you only have to organise your mother's Mother's Day? Or do you have to do your wife as well? Shouldn't there be a kid's um, job? Depends how old they are, I guess. Just how, like old, how old's too old? How old's too young? Oh, four. Because so, then they're cool, they'll just draw up some fucking paper mesh. That, that works, doesn't it? Yeah, that does. that'll do the trick. So these poor guys with young kids and a mum have to do two Mother's Days. I actually got out in the dog box big time on Sunday because Mumsy like, thought I was going to pick her up. She had like a big long run that finished at St Kilda. She thought I was going to pick her up. And then she texts me and goes, where are you? I've finished. I'm looking around for you. And then I send her a photo of like the Warriors kicking off going. <laughs> and I just thought for some reason it was going to be like full plot. Anyway. Jeez. How'd you get home? Uh, I took the tram. Wow. But I mean. Frosty. So, imagine yeah, she, okay, imagine if she came home and then right with the last play of the game, Valentine Holmes skip out pass and Cowboys score in the corner and we lose. Wow. You're getting hit with two bombs. I know, but at the end of the day, I told her today that she should be able to go to NRL.com and you can actually download the Warriors um, uh, schedule and it goes straight to your calendar. So I said, look, that's probably what you need to do. She should be able to get like updates, pings, when the Warriors are winning and losing and then that really... It's like, okay, I know Jack's going to be in a good mood or bad mood. That's what you need to do, isn't it? And she also said, last night she goes, how do you know every bloody little thing about rugby league, but you know nothing about me? <laughs> Surprise her. Figures, so here you go, Mother's Day. It's your, it's your great chance to get... Okay, so if you want... Jack, I'm going to have to get... If you want the Sea Eagles versus Warriors, if you want yep. that in peace... Which is a stretch. You're going to have to have. You're going to have to take out a big brunch on Sunday, an impromptu brunch where you over deliver. So that's the problem. Like everyone will be out for brunch. I'll do it on Saturday. Book it now. Okay. Love you, Lee. All right. Bye. If he leaves me now
It takes away the biggest part of me Takes away the biggest part of me. Ooh, no, Roger, please don't go. Ooh, no, I just want you to play. 